Hi, I'm Professor Adi Weiner of Wharton Moneyball. And in the next segment, Eric and Kate and I are going to discuss the new baseball rules. Major League Baseball has decided to implement a larger base for first, second, and third base. They've also decided to have a strict rule about the number of attempts that a pitcher can have to pick off the runner at first. They've introduced a pitch clock, and they've also are requiring that the hitter only have only one timeout. And one of the biggest rule changes is they're substantially curtailing the shift. In our conversation, really, we're going to talk about what is the impact on the game, and we'll also discuss what Major League Baseball hopes to see as consequentially from those uh, implementations of the new rules. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Wharton Moneyball on Business Radio. Welcome. Welcome to Wharton Moneyball. Welcome to Sports Analytics here on SiriusXM. This is Cade Massey hosting this this week with Eric Bradlow and Audie Weiner, longtime co-hosts, Shane Jensen, our fourth musketeer, is out today. He will be back. We've got a little baseball going on. we got a fair bit in the news, and these guys are chomping at the bit to kick it around. So, gentlemen, what have you got? What in baseball has caught your eye? Well, they're now starting now that um, you know spring training has started, or at least pitchers and catchers are reported. I think spring training games are starting maybe even tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday is the first games. I started to review the rule changes because I tried to ignore them at some point, but now there's no ignoring them because they're actually taking place. And I started to try to think about the impact of these rule changes. And, you know, one we briefly mentioned um, with our uh, interview with uh, Ethan Strauss, um, but the first one is just kind of larger bases is going to change the geometry of the game. And we talked about it for safety purposes, but the reality is you say, well, you know, they're only like three or four inches larger. Okay, well, you think about how many times a batter is out by a few inches, or you think about how many times someone's tagged out for a stolen base. Now, of course, there's two bases that are larger, let's say between first and second. That actually could change the distance by, I don't know, 1% of the distance. Um, That could have a very significant impact on, you know, number one, um, it could legislate needing players with greater speed. It could put greater value on that. You combine that with the rule change. I love Adi's opinion. You combine that with the rule change where you're only allowed two pickoff attempts per batter. So now the pitcher's thrown over twice. The batter knows he cannot throw over again. So that already provides another piece of information. I think it's going to change the amount of running in the game, and maybe that's what they're looking for. Well, it's interesting because um... – it's actually four and a half inches, so it's closer to a half of a percent. Wow. Um, but so you get to three. So hold on. What, what is four and a half inches? Uh, the distance, the, the cl- how much closer first base and second base, I guess, as well as second base to third base are from each other. So they're the two and a quarter, the, the side of the bases are two and a quarter inches longer yeah, than they used to be? Um, the, uh, it's the, the, the second base bat is splitting those three inches in either direction. So it's centered in the middle. So it's one and a half closer inches on the, in each side. And then it's three, the, the first base is, is um, it's fully three in inches so farther in, into three that. inches in. So it's four oh, and a half point. inches total. The, ba- the bag is a much, much, much bigger. I mean, that's interesting because if, if it's three inches, so it's, I think it's 15 squared versus 18 squared. So that's a lot bigger in terms of uh, squ- uh, actual size. If you've seen the pictures, you'll notice that they just really are a lot bigger. Um, Holy moly, that's 225 versus 324. Yes. I mean, that's almost 50% bigger. Yeah, it's 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 a so real much bigger. Guys, real quickly, what have the guys like what do the guys like who play first base say? It must change the way they know where they are 
And it might have even changed the way a person runs to first base. Are they so well calibrated that that small a change could affect? Well, the idea is that they won't cross each other up as much, particularly at second base. Um, the the foot on the bag at second base for first. But even base. at first, Adi, because you pointed out, it's not like part of the bag is going to be sitting in out of play. The bag is still going to be lined up with the line. It's three yeah. more inches towards the infield. So now the the first baseman is three inches farther away from the where the runner's running. So now when the runner's running up the line, there's not going to be as much interference. There, three inches seems like a lot to me farther away. But also three inches closer from a, th- a throw from short. So it's going to be a little easier to get the guy out at first when you're now three inches closer to the shortstop or second baseman or third baseman. That's an interesting one. I mean, how many plays have we seen where three inches is enough to make the difference? Well, let's speculate here. Let's imagine you do the following. Let's imagine this makes, we're just talking here. This is what I do on our radio show. Let's imagine that the second baseman or the shortstop now can move three inches farther back the same length throw, but now has greater range. Yep, a little bit. And and that's a percentage or two. I wonder how many batting average points it's going to cost them in terms of what are they going to lose in terms of extra hits in the season. No, all I was commenting on is you made the assumption that they yeah. play in the same place and have a shorter throw. Maybe they should move back, well, have a have same range. throw, and get greater range. Get greater range. But I uh, So these things are haven't really worked out. Um, but the I agree that I think the biggest and un, most unheralded change will be increases in running. The, bat, the, the bases are closer and also – um, the two pickoff attempts has got to be enormous. I mean, once he's thrown once, uh, certainly once he's thrown twice, then there's no more. It can't be anymore. Uh, although you can, of course, um, throw over um, and get him out, right? So if, you, if you've thrown twice, the next throw is an out or it's, or it's a stolen base or it's a, a balk or whatever they call it. Let me ask you a question. How much do we think – we've always talked about one thing baseball has done well is they've tried a lot of these things in the minor leagues. Yes. How much do we think there's, let's be statisticians for a minute, there are interaction effects between the level of play in these rules. So maybe these rules work well for players at the AAA level, but don't work well for players at the major league level. And in some sense, I'll use a statistical term, are we extrapolating beyond the range of data to a skill set and a speed that we don't see in the minor leagues? Um, I, I don't think so in the sense that the biggest difference between the majors and the minors, uh, other than just experience and skill, is, is attitude. I think that the 15-second the rule, uh, the one timeout, these are things that are going to bother the crap out of the, the prima donna um, professional major league baseball players that they probably did not notice at all in the minor leagues because they just do what they're told. Um, they've got to throw in 15 seconds. They're going to throw. Uh, they're not going to. So I do think that that's probably going to be the biggest extrapolation that the, the psychology of it um, having to throw within 15, 20 seconds, whatever the rule is. I don't think Jake, Jacob Grom is going to be happy with that. Justin <laughs> Verlander. These, these guys are not used to being told what they should do and they're not going to take it nicely. Um, when it comes to the bases, um, I don't think that's, I mean, the younger, younger guys are faster anyway. So um, who knows what's going to happen there? I don't think it's that going to be that much of an extrapolation. All right. So what else, what else guys, there's more, more than that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the, shift, the shift is yeah, restricted. The shift, the shift is gone. At least when the ball is thrown, yeah. there must be two people on each side of second base. Now, that doesn't mean that Adi Weiner, my shortstop, and my uh, Cade Massey, my second baseman, can't stop, can't start sprinting into the shift position the minute the ball is thrown. 
But Adi must be standing to the if he's shortstop, the left yeah. side of second base and on the infield, not deep, not on the grass, not in the grass, in yeah. the infield. So you start to think about, you know, it's kind of the more traditional positioning of players, which means clearly they're trying to raise batting averages. Yeah, but I also think uh, the big the big change, the shift is it's not even so much the shift, but they discovered that having a, a player, particularly a, a playing right behind second base is just a good place to be. Oh, yeah. And th- and that's not going to change. There might be not be exactly behind, but they're still going to be up the middle. Uh, you know, come on. Think, of Eric, any time a ball was hit up the middle, that was a hit when we were but kids. What, but what happens when the guys – but what happens when a guy – the shortstop is back there more or less right behind second base, and, and he feels a ball on the second base side of that line, he's necessarily going to be one of three guys yes. on the second – No, first that's base. fine. As long that's as when the pitch is thrown – he starts. Oh, the pitch is thrown. Yeah, when the pitch is thrown, but can sprint over, can make a play on the other side, can cut the ball, all this. But Adi points out he's right. I mean, what's really changed in baseball since we were kids is you hit the ball up the middle, it was a base hit. Now you hit the ball up the middle, you're going to hit right to somebody for sure. You're hitting the ball. I mean, that's exactly where they're covering. Yeah, and that's really had a big impl- implication on lowering a batting average. But I also think the the the, guy, the short outfielder, particularly against um, righties, I mean lefties, so that they would hang out there in the short outfield, that might change a little bit. We, I think batting averages should go back up a little bit, but I don't think we're going to see too much of a change. I just don't. I don't see the batting averages. Also, not even trying to get hits anymore. They just want to hit home runs, doubles, walks. Let's let's get a little bit more on the table and talk about the collective effect of these things. So. What is the hitter one-time-out rule? What's going on with that? that? You know, the hitter steps out of the box like every second to adjust their gloves and all this. And that, that's all gone now. You must stay in the batter's box. You can step out once during the at-bat. The next time you step out, it's an automatic strike. That's only about 15 years too late. My God. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so we just talked in the last quarter with Ethan Strauss about optimization versus rule changes. And so do you guys consider this some of this it's what, what do you consider the net effect of this? And is this, is this exactly what we were asking for? Is this exactly the game responding, you know, in healthy ways to the teams who have been optimizing as they should. I, I, I I'll just give my one second. I love to leave most of the time for Adi, whether I think these rule changes are effective as a separate issue. I think it's their attempt to do both sides of what Ethan talked about in our interview, which is to make the game more entertaining by shortening the game, which is getting really long. In the minor leagues, they've shown this to shorten the game by about 25 to 28 minutes. Oh, my God. And that's huge. And then the second part is I do think they're trying to legislate against it being only home runs and walks. Yes, I do. Whether this is effective, I don't know, but that's their attempt. You know, it's funny. uh, Ethan Strauss used the expression that you're always a reactionary at the thing you know the most about. So if I had to go through and, and, and evaluate each of the rule changes, I'm looking at through the lens of returning to, to what, I, what I remember the most special about the game in the past. So I'm, not, I'm kind of neutral on the larger bases. Um, I don't think it's going to make that in, uh, big of an impact, and I'm in favor of more running. I'm in, uh, ecstatic about the pitch clock because that's, again, returning <laughs> it back to the old days when they just threw. Um, the two pickoff attempts I'm the least excited about because I think that's has in, uh, unpredictable consequences. Totally. It's going to be very different. Um, the two infielders on each side, of the base, again, I love that. It's bringing us back to the old deal for four infielders inside on the infield. So you don't have outfielders, infielders playing in the outfield. I'm not that 
I, I think that that uh, Peter should have learned how to deal with it. Um, this that has been around since Ted Williams' day, um, but I'm at, sort of in favor of that. And certainly the one the one timeout that's good too. So the only one I don't like is the the two pickoff attempts because I'm going to keep my eye on that because that has a, temp, a, a possibility to really change the game. Well, so you guys mentioned and we've talked over the years about Major League Baseball experimenting in minor league with these changes before they come in. Yeah. So what have they seen in the experimentation with the two pickoff thing? I mean, that, I agree. That's like, who knows what the consequences of that's going to be. Do you know, Eric, I haven't followed it. No, I haven't followed the two pickoff. I followed the shortening of the game. They've seen a slight increase in batting average, um, but I haven't seen whether the change in pickoffs has led to more base stealing or okay. uh, et cetera. So they've also the experimented right? with a bunch of other things, which they didn't do. So yeah. in our remaining, I don't know how much time we have, uh, Kay, but we have uh, – um, they short, they experimented with changing the mound height, right? Lowering it, raising it, moving it back. I mean, they've done, they've done that stuff before, right? That was the big shift. The biggest shift ever in major league baseball was the mound stuff, right? The mound. Yes. But they haven't moved it. They haven't moved its distance. They, they tried moving it back six inches. Um, and that seems like an, an, a crazy uh, effort. They did not, they didn't do that. They East here's this one. They've also tried robo ups. And that's, sure. an, I mean, that's one, if Shane were here, we'll channel him for us. He's screaming and yelling that he wants to see that immediately. But RoboOps is interesting. That didn't go over well. Um, and I think one of the reasons why it didn't go over well is the actual rule book strike zone might not be what people are used to. Sure. Um, yeah. And, but why not rewrite the rule book to whatever? Why not just adapt to what people have been using and just that, go with that? that? Right. So it does need to be tweaked. And um, I, my understanding was, I think, is that, there are um, because the balls can you just have to grab a portion, any portion of the, the box or the if you can if you think about the, the entire um, you have the square, the, you have the, the home plate and then everything above it uh, within the bounds of the, the knees and the, to the letters. Um, yeah, I, I have to I don't know why I've thought about this, but if they go to a robo umps, I think we're seeing the revamp of Eddie Goodell. Yeah, exactly. No, I really do. Oh, 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 oh. What does that mean, guys? Uh, Eddie Goodell, was he, I think, was he four feet tall, three foot seven? He was less Where? than that, three six, I think. He was, yes, he was brought so in they as brought a in, They brought in people who were really short, Cade, and pitchers have to pitch. If, if you're really going to, no, the umpire's not going to say, hey, you're playing some trick on us. You're bringing in some short player. We're going to call everything a strike anyway. No, if the player's three foot six, that's it. Three foot six, that's your strike zone. He's going to be about a foot long. That's it. That's the strike zone. That was impossible to do for all four. It was, it's really, it was, it was, I think it was Vec, right? Wasn't it Bill Vec? Exactly. Bill Vec. Uh, anyway, the thing is, is that the um, because of the way the strike zone is set up, if the ball just touches the front of the strike zone, it could really end up, that's a very low strike. And, and I don't think batters or pitchers are particularly prepared for it. So who knows? Um, but you're right. You can change the strike zone. So it can be. Well, oh, speak, oh, oh. speaking of which, is anybody, is it, is it legislated exactly how big the infield is? Because stadiums vary so much. Couldn't a, couldn't a team cheat and like carve a little deeper infield and let the, their guys can get a little further back that way? That's a great question. I'm pretty sure we know one thing is true. We know the height of the grass, that can all be changed. That's not specific. I think you're right. I actually don't think there it's legislated the size of the, obviously how far it is to each base, that's legislated. But I don't think the size of the infield is legislated. And yet that you can absolutely see that change. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. And someone's going to do it. If it's, if it's, if it's legal, Astros, Astros are going to have this deep infield about halfway to the fence. Well, here's something I learned uh, is that the team, speaking of the infield, 
it's, uh, we're all talking about infield positioning, but outfielder positioning is one of the most important analytical uh, uh, attention points. Where do you optimize your positioning of the outfields? I remember Sam Andre Cohen came and once talked to, to Moneyball, and he, he said that he had remind, done us, remind everybody who Sam is. Sam uh, um, was with the, the Nationals, and he was our senior Wharton uh, analytics fellow last year. Um, and uh, he had and he had done it. He was trying to motivate his players to stand in the right spots, right? And so he was explaining to them that if you had if you had gone on every on every fly ball hit to the or every ball hit to the outfield. And you had chosen either the place where the player had had stood or whether the place where the analyst had stood first had told them to stand. So in every play, there's two two numbers, uh, positions I should think about. One was where the, the player actually stood and one where the staff told them to stand. They could compute how many extra hits or was yeah. either cost or gained by the by either either side. And and he showed that the that. If you had stood where they wanted you to stood, there would have been 30 fewer hits over the course of the season on the team-wide level, My which is a, which is enormous. And so one of the interesting things that's interesting and difficult, how do you get your players to actually stand in the right spots? So the teams yeah. are putting little secret, little, little marks all over the outfield to help their outfielders know where to stand. And, of course, the opposing outfielders have no idea they don't know where any of those marks. Well, you can't have little devices that go like beep, beep. You know, start beeping, you know, like hot, cold, hot, cold. That's an amazing number, Adi, because if you think about it, that's one fifth of a hit roughly per game. I mean, that's that's a huge number. Yeah. Every five games, it's an extra hit. You think about that's not small. No, no. It's it's, in the optimal spot, of course. Well, it's 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 people would be surprised how hard it is to get players to do what the team wants them to do or coaches to do what the front office wants them to do. It's not this straight up hierarchical thing like a military. Um, even the military is probably less that way than we think it is. All right, team. That has been another Wharton Moneyball. Thank you for being with us for the whole team here. Eric Bradlow, Adi Weiner, Shane Jensen in absentia. This has been Cade Massey. Thank you to Maddie Dats, the boss man, Dion Simpkins, the associate boss man, and, for, and y'all for listening. Come back and join us next time. Between now and then, enjoy your sports.